Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. This is Spankalicious. You're listening to KCOU Columbia, 88.1 FM. KCOU 88.1, start your Sunday. Today is the first Sunday in October, October 3rd, 2021. Jonathan Litzkin here, per usual, back from my week off, week hiatus down in Boston for the Mizzou BC game last week. Patriots, Saints, Red Sox, Yankees. Adam Rosen stepped in last week out of the bullpen, did a fantastic job. Came in pitch five scoreless. Jonathan Litskin still perfect in his upset special. We'll get to that later on. My upset special down to three and two. A lot of things happened last week in college football. How are we doing, Jonathan? I'm doing good. Excited to have you back in the studio. Talk some college football. Recap the seismic Saturday we had. We were kind of due for another big Saturday. Last week was a little more quiet. We didn't have as many kind of big games. Not as many, you know, the biggest storyline last week was Clemson and NC State. And it was you know, a team that was basically being eliminated from the cultural playoff, a team that had already lost. Yeah. We were kind of in desperate need for, you know, some some more chaos. And I think 12 teams in the – was it 12 or 11 teams in the AP Top 25 losing yesterday? It was it was nine. Nine, okay. I, I, I thought it was but, – But still, sure like it was a more. lot. Uh, a hefty Br- Br- amount. Brett McMurphy tweeted nine this morning, but it, it was a lot. So a hefty amount of Top 25 teams losing yesterday. And let's, let's focus in on one specific game, Notre Dame-Cincinnati. Liddy and I kind of had our different looks at this one. He he saw more as this is Cincinnati's a better football team, better defense, Desmond Ritter the better quarterback. I saw Notre Dame home field advantage. Brian, uh, Brian Kelly the better coach. They were playing as an underdog last week against Wisconsin one-handedly. They were an underdog again. Thought it was going to go like that. Didn't. I was wrong about that. But the Cincinnati Bearcats, we hear the the narrative for the last, this is the seventh year of the college football playoff, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. The seventh year of it. Now, a group of five team, it is this, the system is so, you know, against them. They're ne- never going to make the playoff, even if they go undefeated, like we saw with Central Florida in both 2017 and 2018. You know, there's never a way a group of five team can make the playoff, so let's just go to expansion immediately. That's the first thing people resort to is, like, it's impossible, we have to expand. But you kind of see what's happened in the last couple weeks, how maybe there is a formula that a group of five team can get in. Maybe it's not one of these things where it's like, okay, you have one 12 0 season spontaneously, like maybe Houston did in you know 2015. I'll get to Houston or 20, yeah, 2015. I'll 2015. Talk, yeah. I'll talk about 2016 Houston in a second. But you know these these teams that have these miraculous seasons out of nowhere that you know, they go 12 and 0. But if you want to be one of those group of five teams and make the playoff, it, it takes a process. It's not, but it's it's it's, it's very similar to. You know, a smaller Power 5 team. Not everyone can be Alabama. Not everyone can be Clemson. Not everyone can be Georgia. It takes a process to build. It's, it doesn't take one spontaneous 11-1, 12-0 season to put yourself in the college playoff. The resume that Cincinnati has built up since losing 42-0 to Ohio State in September of 2019 has been one of the best programs in all of college football. Since they were embarrassed on national TV against Ohio State, I believe that was one of Ritter's first starts also, I believe, and one of Luke Fickle's yeah. kind of first big games at Cincinnati. Since that loss, they have completely turned around that program, and they have basically been building up on toward yesterday. Because 
you know, they wanted last year people were saying Cincinnati should be in the playoffs, Cincinnati should be in the playoffs, but they hadn't proved anything yet. They hadn't won anything. They had played a cupcake schedule last year in the American. They were undefeated, yes, but they were not worthy of the playoff. They needed a year to prove themselves, to set up this year. And they had their opportunities at Indiana and at Notre Dame, and they seized both. They were down double digits in the first quarter against Indiana, came back and won the game. They had Notre Dame in control, let the lead slip away, fell to a four-point game, Desmond Ritter put them right down the field and scored a touchdown. Since getting embarrassed against Ohio State on national TV, Cincinnati has completely turned around that program, and they have built their way forward to yesterday, where now they are in the driver's seat, in my opinion, to make the college world playoff. It was a process they had to go through. It's not something that happens overnight, and the people who just want to make an excuse of, you know, they're undefeated, we have to put, we have to put them in the playoff, that's not the case. It's, it takes time. But what Cincinnati has done is paying off, and now they're close to the playoff. Lydia, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and all the credit in the world to Luke Fickle, who you, you didn't mention, but you said something that I think was so important. Cincinnati, this is multiple years of building this up. And one of the things that I think is so wrong with the sport right now in college football, and there are many things wrong, but one of the things that is so wrong is Cincinnati had to be that good in past years just to get to this point. Past seasons had to have mattered for them. And that's where preseason rankings come in, preseason hype. The sport is all about preseason hype. If Cincinnati starts the season ranked between 15 and 20, we're not talking about this right now. We're not talking about Cincinnati to the playoff. But we we are because, because they were ranked in the top 10 to start the preseason. They were the highest ranked group of five team to start the season ever in the playoff era. And that was one of the reasons I picked them to get to the playoff because I knew going into the year they had expectations. They had a potential chance just to move up four or five spots on the year total. Not not in a week, just on the year total. So, yeah, I, and this, this yesterday was a prime example of one of the rare moments in this sport where you can use logic. Cincinnati had better line play. They had a better secondary with Sauce Gardner probably going to end up being the cornerback one in this draft now. They had the better quarterback. They had the better running game. The the wide receivers and weapons were close. The only way Notre Dame was going to win this game is if Brian Kelly significantly outcoached Luke Fickle, and that that didn't happen. Cincinnati left two gimme field goals on, on the board. They still won by double digits. And you mentioned the preseason rankings, which I love. If Cincinnati didn't do what they have done since September of 2019, where they started the year one and one, finished 11 and three, they won 10 of their last 12. The only two losses came to Memphis in back-to-back weeks. They went nine and one last year, lost by one point to the team that's going to win the national championship this year, and now they're five and zero this season. Mm-hmm. So four now, four now this season. So combined with 13, they've won what 23 of their last 25 games at this point. Mm-hmm. because they've built up that resume, they've built up the expectations we should give them. If they were a mediocre team last year and then they had the schedule, now they'd be ranked like 10. But so now if, they're going. To, now they're a top-five team, in my mind, and a driver's seat to make the playoff. Talking a little more about the game specifically, they dominated the front. They dominated the start of that game. Mm-hmm. That put them in position. Jack Cohen and Notre Dame had a great drive to start the game, made a really poor decision, threw an interception. Cincinnati took advantage. They scored touchdowns. They had the fumble on the uh, kickoff. And Notre Dame just couldn't figure it out until the last drive of the game where they got a fumble recovery. They missed field goal, scored a couple touchdowns. Ritter took him down the field, hit a big throw. Uh, I think was a, he ran for the touchdown as well. Mm-hmm. He hit a big throw to Alec Pierce yeah. earlier on the drive. And huge win on the road. What are your thoughts on Notre Dame? 
I've said from the beginning of the year that this is a down year from Notre Dame. And by down year, I mean they're still going to win 11, 10 games. Like, I'd be shocked if they lose more than one more regular season game this year. Their schedule the rest of the way isn't that hard. This is still still a team that I expect to make a New Year's Six ball. But all the people that were saying, see, I told you Notre Dame was overrated. This team should never be in the playoff. No, th- those people are wrong. This, this Notre Dame team, I'm of the belief that both times they've been to the playoff, they've earned it. They, in 2018, they won every game on their schedule. And they had a tough schedule at the beginning of the year, but... It isn't necessarily their fault that teams like USC, teams like Stanford, teams like Florida State didn't end up being as good as they thought they were going to be. Otherwise, Notre Dame wouldn't schedule them. And then outside outside of that, in 2021, last just last year, or sorry, 2020, just last year, they had the best win of the season, be, beating Clemson at home. A, Clem, a Clemson team that hadn't lost a regular season game with Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback. So... Obviously, Lawrence didn't play in that game, but it was still the best win of the year. I don't think it was close. So both years, Notre Dame has earned their way to the playoff. And really, outside of Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia, Notre Dame's been like the best team in college football the last four years. They've made two playoff trips. They've had two seasons where they've been They've been arguably better than Ohio State, even even with the run that Ohio State's been going on. Those two teams are close. And... Like, don't, don't give me this Notre Dame can't compete. Notre Dame doesn't deserve it. Notre Dame played played Georgia twice in 2017 and 2019. And went toe-to-toe to, to, to them t- with them twice. One, one of the times they lost by one. So g- give me a break on this Notre Dame overrated stuff. This isn't the, their year. No. They're g- still going to win 11, 10 games. And, and realistically, that wasn't a game they were supposed to win. Mm-hmm. That was this game that Cincinnati was supposed to win. The, they'll be fine. Cincinnati, would, how shocked would you be if they don't make the playoff? See... I, I still think there is a possibility they don't, because I don't think this this team's automatically going 13 and 0. I think UCF's a tough out. I think SMU's a tough out. Yeah, SMU's still undefeated, by the way. They're they're five and 0, and then they'll have to play a conference championship game in the American, which no longer has divisions. So they'll probably have to see SMU again. So this is no by no means a cakewalk necessarily to the playoff. And even if they go 13 and 0. I still think there's a possibility that a one-loss Oregon or a one-loss Big Ten champion gets in over them. Um, I, I could see the committee doing that. But in my eyes, this team has earned a, earned a spot into the playoff up to this point if they go undefeated. Yeah, I I think if they're undefeated, they have to get in. Mm-hmm. Unless some crazy stuff happens, but I think they have the nod over Ohio State. I think they should have the nod over Oregon, even if those teams are one-loss conference champions. Let's talk about the two best teams in college football, SEC Bama, Georgia, both dominating wins at home against teams that we thought we were good. Georgia shut out Arkansas 30, was it 37 0? 37 nothing. And Bama took down Ole Miss 42 21. Let's start with Bama first. We both thought Ole Miss was going to keep this game close. Yeah. They had a great drive to start the game. Fourth and one inside the five yard line. 17 play drive stalled. And Bama just took over from there. We talked so much this season about how Bama hasn't really figured out the running game. Brian Robinson ran for like 107 yards and four touchdowns. Like the. I think the second most touchdowns ever for the Alabama program a single game next to Najee Harris last year against Ole Miss. We thought this Ole Miss team was different. They're basically the same team they were last year. The offense just didn't have enough. The defense struggled. What were your thoughts on that game? I don't think personnel-wise they're the same team as last year because if you watch them, they're clearly better than last year. They make less mistakes. They don't turn the ball over as much. Their defense has improved. It just hasn't improved to the point where you could stop Alabama. You could stop Bryce Young. You could stop the Alabama running game. Listen, if you can 
if you let a team run the ball 50 times against you for whatever it was, it was well over 200 yards. It was, or sorry, it was two, it was 210. And Brian Robinson had 171 and four touchdowns. If you, but if the point is, if you let a team line up and run the ball 50 times against you, you probably don't deserve to win, win the, win the game, especially if you run the ball as efficiently as Alabama did. And, I get that you're playing the number one team in the country and you want to be aggressive because that's how you win against these teams. But there's a there's a line and Lane Kiffin went way beyond that line yeah. yesterday, going for it fourth and two Inside at your 30. own 25. It's just this this game was a 21 21 point game. It it was it was more. It was it should 35 have been more, zero, like half but, it, but the way Kiffin coached, he deserved to get blown out. He coached idiotically, and I think th- there's just a way to coach to beat Alabama, and there's a way not to, and, he was that's, too aggressive. What, and that's what Lane Kiffin did yesterday. Poor coaching decisions. Matt Corral, who we thought would both be a Heisman finalist, really didn't play that well yesterday, in my opinion. They were without one of their top receivers as well. It, just the defense, we thought it was better this year. It was looked at the same defense as last year. Mm-hmm. Let's go to a good defense, Georgia. Yeah. And even Arkansas came into this game. We talked about how to good defense Georgia ran for 275 yards against them. Georgia, Arkansas had more three and outs than drives they had a first down on. Arkansas, how many plays did they run across midfield? Less than 10? It has to be, It was, right? it was it a slim number. Georgia had a block punt touchdown. They were even without their starting quarterback. They were without their top receivers. Darnell Washington didn't play. Eric Gilbert didn't play. Um, Jermaine Bertone had one catch. Daniels threw for, what, 73 yards? Stetson Bennett threw for 72 yards. This team is unstoppable. If you're doing this with your backup quarterback, without your top two receivers, your top tight end, and even going to this game, we talked, I think, on the show two weeks ago, Georgia hasn't really had that game yet where they figured out how to run the ball. This they, was it. They needed this one. They ran all over Arkansas, who dominated Texas A&M last week. Does this game tell you more? Like, it's going to sound like a very first take on a question, but does this game tell you more about Arkansas or Georgia? Georgia. I mean, I still think Arkansas is a decent team. I still think they're going to win probably not nine games, even if they lose next week to Ole Miss. But... This Georgia team is so impressive. You you shouldn't be able to go out against a top ten team with a backup quarterback down your top receiver, down your top tight end, missing another re- receiver who starts for you, and, and win the way they did. I mean, listen, I'm I'm gonna be perfectly honest about this. Georgia took their foot off the gas in this in this game. And they, so showed them they out. were they were up twenty one nothing early and took their foot off the ga- the gas. Kirby Smart is doing whatever he wants with this defense right now. This is an NFL defense playing against college teams. They're go- Every single player on this defense will be playing in the NFL at so- some point. This is just, this team's unstoppable. I- I've never seen a, t- a team like this. And listen, I-, I was really impressed with Bamba yesterday, and I'm sure you were too, but shutting out a, t- a team in the a top 10. A good team also. Sh- shutting out a good team in the top 10. I mean, I have never seen a team make other teams look as scared as, as Georgia did. What is the, what, you still win the stat this morning. What, how many points per game is Georgia giving up? Four? 4.6. I've never seen that. And they've I have never two, seen anything they like that. they played two top ten teams. Kirby listen, Smart listen. has won 11 games against top five, ten teams in the last five years. I get Clemson is what they are, but they've held Clemson and Arkansas to a combined three points. Well, I mean, Clemson scored like 16 points yesterday against Boston, or 19 points against Boston College. But so. it, it's insane. This, this yeah, team, I agree. You can't cross midfield against this team. No, no. How many offensive touchdowns have they given up? Like one. one? They've given up one touchdown in five in games. In garbage time as well. Mm-hmm. 
Incredible. A touchdown that didn't matter. And Vanderbilt got shut out last week, they too. They pitched back-to-back shutouts. In the SEC. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you're playing if you're pitching back-to-back shutouts in the SEC. They're 2-0. They're they're this is the best up. defense I've seen since, like, 2011 Alabama. They, they have not given up a point to an SEC team yet. Well, next week they're at Auburn. We'll talk to Auburn. Uh, actually, let's get Auburn out of the way now. Auburn, we'll just go through the SEC teams. Auburn, impressive win. Yeah, no, Brian Harson was really good They yesterday. needed that win. They went, um, they went to LSU, won, what, 23-19? 24-19. a five-point win. Their first win at Tiger Stadium in 20 years since 1999. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix had the best road game of his career, threw for more than 250 yards, a couple touchdowns, no picks, ran for 75 yards as well. They made, he made big plays on fourth down, down 13-0 with really, with really the game on the line in the first half. Made a crazy Russell Wilson rollout play. Found an open tight end in the end zone. Swung the momentum of the game. LSU couldn't figure out any offense in the second half. They won the game. I think Brian Harson. they played a really close game with uh, Penn State. We know Penn State won that game by eight. But that, that game, couple plays go differently. I think Auburn could have won that game. I think Brian Harson's got that program trending in the right direction. Yeah, no, they're, they almost have that disaster against Georgia State at home last week. But I've been a Brian Harson pessimist from the moment he was hired. I didn't feel like they really had a plan when they fired Gus Malzahn. And I'm, I still think, like, what other coach are you going to find that beats Nick Saban three, to- three times in eight years? But that was a really good win for Auburn yesterday. Brian Harson needed something like that. They have, you mentioned they haven't won at LSU this, this century. And Bo Nix was just magical yesterday. He made a ton of crazy plays that... We're so unlike Bo, Bo Nix. Like the, the, you're so used to those plays being turnovers for him. But yeah, they get they get Georgia next week. They're sitting at four and one. They're going to be a top twenty team. That was a really good win for Auburn. LSU. They have a brutal schedule coming up. They go to Kentucky next week. They think they play Georgia a few weeks after that, or they play Georgia. Ogeron is not on the hot seat yet, but he's kind of getting to that point. Next week's next week against Kentucky is big for them. Yeah, if they if they lose to Kentucky, I know Kentucky's undefeated and all, but if they lose to Kentucky, Kentucky. That's something that ta- that boosters remember. You want to talk Kentucky now? Yeah, they wanted to be Florida at home. Twenty thirteen. I didn't think this team was going to be this good, but I'm glad I was kind of kind of right about them. That was my upset pick last last week, and I'm glad it hit because I moved to five and zero. But yeah, I mean, we we know what this Kentucky team is. They run the ball really well. They play solid defense. They held Emory, they held Emory Jones to two hundred three yards passing yesterday, and he's been pretty good the last couple yeah. weeks. So that that was impressive. Kentucky hit a couple of big plays. They block a field goal in the third quarter and return it for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, for the second time in, in I think, five years, they beat, beat yeah, Florida. Yeah, second beat time in, in four years. Three years ago. Yeah. They, they they won for the first time in Gainesville in, I think, like 30 years, yeah, a couple years ago. And now they win in Lexington. So, Did Mark's to Mark, Let's just take this into account. Kentucky had one like one winning season in, like the first, in their 60 years before Mark Stoops. And They're going to win 10 games this year. Look this, at the schedule. This is a program now. This, this is a this program now. It's like 10, 11 wins for this team. I don't think <laughs> they're going to beat Georgia on the road. They still have a couple other tough games. Even LSU next week is tough. But this yeah. team. They, they could win double digit games. Louis at the end of the week. They could win 10 games. Years. 10 games is well in play. Did you see the pass break on fourth down? <laughs> that was. That guy, that was even a spot of the zone. He made out. He made a crazy play because if that's if he's not there, that's a touchdown. People don't give Mark Stoops like nearly enough credit as he deserves. Like I know everyone thinks he's a good coach and like rightfully so, but this is a guy that in 2019 won eight games with a wide receiver playing quarterback for him. Like th- this guy's incredible. He, he's a, he, and now he has a really good quarterback. He may be this. a top ten coach in this sport. I mean that's a little much, but I they could go to a New York Six Bowl. They yeah. could sneak their way in. They have some impressive wins now. 
They're they're if they even if they lose to LSU next week, week week seven they're playing at, at Georgia basically for the SEC East title. Georgia shouldn't be nervous at all about that game. Should no, they? not not one bit. They're not nearly like Kentucky's not. Will close Kentucky to score Georgia. a touchdown in that game? Huh? Will Kentucky score a touchdown? Probably not. But um, no. Like the storyline will be interesting. Because we had we had these teams we had these team a couple years ago play in Lexington for the SEC East title. And Georgia. So now them. now the roles are reversed. Ole Miss, Arkansas next week. Who do you think is going to win? Ole Miss probably by a touchdown. I don't. I like both teams still. Like I'm not going to like. Bash you for getting blown out by two teams that are so yeah. far and away the two best, the teams, two best teams. But no, I think that'll be an interesting game. I'm guessing Auburn Georgia will probably be the 3:30 game or 2:30 game on SEC. Yeah, it is 2:30 on, on CBS. So this I, game's I, a noon ESPN. I think Ole Miss, Ole Miss Arkansas will probably be an ESPN game. Noon but or noon Eastern. Still, it's still, it'll still be fun to watch two two competitive teams. Probably both would st- still have New Year's Six hopes. Yeah, so definitely uh, Oregon. We've gone 20 minutes and haven't talked about them. Uh, Number three pe- team in the country. People overreacted to, to that yesterday. They're, they could still be a playoff team. I, I agree, actually. That's, um, that's where uh, I was about to go. They so, already have the win against Ohio State. They have the best win of any team in the sport this year. They kind of got the host. The game really didn't go their way. There was a targeting call that was questionable. There was a <laughs> holding the end zone that was questionable. They were facing a, a, a backup quarterback, basically, in the last drive of the game, even though like he, I don't think he completed a pass. As crazy as that sounds. Tanner McKee was good, 230 yards, three touchdowns for Stanford. Anthony Brown, not great, 14 of 26, 186 and a pick, no touchdowns. Travis Dye ran well. CJ Verdell got hurt. They really didn't figure it out, but they almost snuck away and won it and didn't. I'm not going to completely overreact to this game either. Um, first of all, first still of the driver's seen the Pac 12. First of all, you, you were right about Stanford. This is a team that started 2 and 2, and they may end up winning seven of their last yes, eight and finishing will. 9 and 3. It's a 9 and 3 like, team. Th- this is a good football team, and David Shaw's. Finally getting back to where Stanford's really good again. Um, but people have this all, all wrong. As long as or Oregon, they have their backs against the wall now, no question about that. But if Ohio State wins the Big Ten, they're in great great position. They, they, now, they have the head-to-head. They no matter what Ohio State does, Oregon has the nod over them. Right, exactly, because they have that head-to-head. So as long as Oregon runs the table and Ohio State wins the Big Ten, they still have a very good chance of getting but in. Then you get the three-way tie with Cincinnati, and that's where Yeah, no, that's where the questions ugly. come in. But, like, a one-loss Big 12 or, or sorry, a one-loss Oregon gets in over a one-loss Oklahoma, probably. Yeah, because Oregon have the better win. Yeah, ex- exactly. So this team has it all wrong with this. These people all have it all wrong with Oregon. They they need a lot of help now. And Ohio State winning the Big Ten isn't out of the question by any means. It's, it's still a very real possibility. But Oregon is going to need to win their final, I think, eight games now, including yeah, the conference like, championship. Who's their biggest test? UCLA? They just lost to Arizona State. Yeah, I mean, this conference is a mess right now. The uh, North especially is a mess right now. I'd say if you go look at Oregon's schedule, Stanford was probably the hardest rem- at Stanford was probably the hardest remaining game on their schedule. I'm going to list off a couple teams. Tell me who you're most impressed by of this group. Penn State, Iowa, or Michigan? Um, Which Big Ten team impressed you the most this weekend? Based on how they, I'm, I'm gonna, I have two answers for this. Based on how they played Iowa, because Iowa, like me and you both thought they were gonna lose fr- Friday I was nervous. night, and I'm very high in Iowa, but I thought they were gonna lose. They played so well, so so good, and people had a trap game written all over that Friday night game against Maryland. And they just came out dominated them, 51-14. So based on how they played Iowa, based on expectation, Michigan. I think yeah. this is Jim Harbaugh's best best team. At, uh, at I think 2016 was better. But 2016, they were one dimensional. Yesterday, they couldn't run the ball on base downs and still won 38 to 10. 
they can if they can throw the ball on base base downs, they don't have to be a prolific passing team by any means. But if they can throw the ball on base downs a little bit, they're going to be fine. Like Hassan Haskins had 2.5 a carry yesterday, and Blake Corum had 3.1. Michigan couldn't run the ball how they wanted to, and and won a game by 20, by 28. They also just, just they haven't put, played their three biggest but, competition yet. By Michigan the way, just State, to, Penn State, and Ohio State. I know, but just to put this in perspective, Michigan scored 14 more points on offense than Notre Dame did against Wisconsin, That's and they true. had to play at Madison. So. I think this Michigan team's a top ten team. I think if they can beat Nebraska this week, which we'll get into that in a minute, but if they can beat Nebraska this week, they're going to be in position to be possibly going winning the Big Ten East late. Let's do upset special. What you got? So I just gave my whole spiel about how good I think Michigan is. And <laughs> I set this up well for you. I'm I'm kind of going against that this week. Uh, Nebraska's going to beat Michigan this week. It's going to be a 6:30 game on ABC in Lincoln. This Nebraska team, since they left the field at Memorial Stadium against Illinois, this they have been a completely different team. They played a touchdown game with Oklahoma. They played an overtime game with Michigan State. They blow out Northwestern. This team is a different team than they were week one. I think Scott Frost is finally turning around this program. Adrian Martinez has played so well the last couple weeks, and. I think Nebraska shocks Michigan next week. Let's let's keep the streak alive. I'm three and two on the year. I lost a tough one yesterday when I had. You had Wisconsin. Oh, I, yeah, that was bad. I was I warned you about that. You did. Uh, I like one right now. I might change it at some point, but this is kind of the one I'm trending towards right now. Ooh, there's actually two. <laughs> okay, the one the one I had in mind initially was. Rutgers beating Michigan State. The other was Kentucky LSU. Okay. Kentucky, do we think Kentucky will be ranked? Uh, Kentucky should be a top 15 team this week. They won't be, but they should be. The LSU will be unranked this week, I presume. They were unranked last week. Yeah. They, they, they will like be. better. Really, LSU on the road against Kentucky or Michigan State losing to Rutgers on the road? <sighs> Those Big Ten East games are, are sneaky. The Big Ten games in general on the road are sneaky. I don't, um, I don't think LSU can win that game. I'll go. I'll go. Rutgers beating Michigan State. I, I saw how Auburn ran the ball against LSU yesterday on the road. Yeah, I don't see why. Kentucky and LSU's can't offense were limited, and Kentucky's a good defense. Um, I'll go. I'll go. Rutgers beating Michigan State. If I find something else later in the week, I'll change yeah, it. Yeah. The the other interesting one is o- OU Texas, but I think Texas is going to be ranked this week, so that that probably is out of the question. I don't know what for what reason Texas wasn't ranked this week. They had a tough loss on the road at Arkansas, who ended up being is a pretty good team. Yeah. Which is why is why we take into account one week too too much sometimes. Yeah. But no, I think I was actually like thinking about picking Texas, but then I realized yeah, this team's ranked. probably going to be ranked. That's so gonna I be a can't great game. That. I'm excited um, for that. Yeah, that'll be an 11 o'clock game on ABC. I'm guessing Fowler and Herb Street will have Hopefully. that call. Um, Chris, this is, this Chris, are listening? Let me this know. This is the first time Red River's been on ESPN in forever. In it like, feels like six years, I would say. Yeah, it, it's been a while and. These two, these two teams are very even right Since now. Since Texas upset them in 2015, I think it was the last time it was on and ABC. I hate to like point out the little things sometimes, but Texas beating TCU yesterday at TCU was a TCU big deal. Own, TCU owns them. T- that was a big deal for Texas. TCU's, yeah. I think, what, 7-2 against them? Yeah, last year they beat Since them Since they the joined the Big 12? Like, Texas beating them yesterday was a big deal. Yeah. Let's do playoff rankings. I'll go first. Okay. I have pretty similar. I have Georgia number one. Alabama still number two. Iowa number three. People aren't going to like this. We didn't talk about this team. I still have Oklahoma number four. I'm not punishing a team for playing close games. Five and six on the outside looking in will go Cincinnati and Penn State. 
All right. Uh, I did a little something different with my rankings, and Joel, Joel Klatt's done this in the past, so I kind of stole this from him, okay. I guess. But I have Georgia-Alabama 1A, 1B. Okay, whatever. Um, I don't think any team should be ranked – if, if two teams deserve the number one spot, I don't think you should have to put Wait, a team at number the committee, two. If you're, if you're the committee right now and you have to make a playoff, who's one and who's two? Georgia's one, Alabama's two. Okay. But That's what I want to hear. I don't, think any team ha- I don't think either of the two has to be ranked at two until they have to be, which is the last week of the season. Go on. So I then have Iowa at three. What they did was really yep. impressive this week. Penn State at four, shutting out Indiana at home. Good, good win. And then Cincinnati at five, Oklahoma at six, Oregon at, se- at seven. Okay. That's it for our college football coverage. Let's go to a break, talk NFL, talk some big games coming up today. Love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them. <laughs> then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Playing the old... And the new. Beautiful morning. Beautiful morning, baby. Nothing in the morning. We're at KCAU FM Columbia. All across the nation, we are here for our communities. We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in order to fight COVID-19 together. It feels good to be out there to assist our community. I would like our friends and family to know that your National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals. Delivering food, supplies, and medicine. Keeping communities safe. Making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready. Always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. Hello, this is Pierce Porterfield, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. The sound of confusion. And I'm back. Enjoy your listen. Enjoy your listen. Welcome back to KCAU 88.1. This is Start Your Sunday. Sunday, October 3rd, 2021. Just wrapped up our college football recaps of week five. Now we're going to transition to our NFL previous week four. Harrison Vapnik alongside my main man, John Lidskin. Liddy, how are we doing? We're good. We're, we're, we're good, Harrison. We had a good Saturday yesterday. A lot of fun. Mizzou, not a lot of fun. Tough loss to the you know, the gauntlet of the Tennessee Volunteers. But This is going to be one of the best days this is of, the, a, of the year for Because we got you know, a couple good NFL games. 162 of the MLB. Preseason hockey. What else is going on? 
the AP poll comes out today. Yeah, AP poll week, comes out every week, week, f- week five. The coaches of the, poll. Week five of the voters not watching football. Well, the coaches poll. That's, that, the coaches poll is actually a list of the people who don't watch the game. They yeah. just like, look at scores. Because the, yeah, no, they do because they're like, why is the coaches poll a thing? Like, who does it benefit? Nobody. It's it's a meaningless poll and like. Coaches are coaching all day. They have games. Like, what do they just look at? Alabama won 42-21. They should still be number one like, in the country. Like, scores don't ever tell you the... Well, what, you what see the score of Oklahoma-Kansas State. Like, oh, man, Kansas State played them close. No, it wasn't. O- Oklahoma was the better team all of that game. Let's start with NFL game of the day. Eh, which one? <laughs> Cardinals-Rams. You, you really don't want to start with that Sunday night game. No, I'm not starting with Sunday night game. <laughs> Cardinals-Rams. Two undefeated teams, SoFi Stadium. Cliff Kingsbury has never beaten Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's 0-4 in his career against the Rams. He's thrown for 200 yards in every single one of those games. Not He's only supposed to be one of the star quarterbacks in the NFL. He has struggled against this team, against Jalen DeAndre Hopkins' career has struggled against Jalen Ramsey. Now they're going head-to-head. SoFi, we saw what they did last week to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions. In my opinion, the Rams are the best team in football right now. How comfortable should they feel at home against the Cardinals? Today? I think they should be feel very comfortable. I mean, you mentioned that Cliff Kingsbury's never beaten Sean McVay. Sean McVay's never lost to the Cardinals, period. So I don't know why anyone would think differently today. The Rams go in as four-point favorites at home. I think, like you mentioned, they are the best team in the NFL currently. I would take the Rams by a touchdown against every team in the league right now. I think they're far and away the, the best team. I think they proved that last week against Tampa. DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Ramsey, that rivalry dates back to Jacksonville, Houston. Yeah. And it's funny how they— Ramsey always owned them. It's funny how they stay in the same division, and Ramsey keeps getting the best the best of them. But this Rams team, it doesn't feel like they've taken a step back defensively, even though they lost some personnel. And they had a major upgrade at the quarterback position. And so Stafford's Sean, fantastic. Sean McVay doesn't have to script touchdown dri- drives every, Stafford, every single let day. it fly. Cooper yeah. Cup has been one of the best receivers in football so far this year. Yeah, I mean, he has, what, I think five, seven touchdowns in three, yeah, he's, three games? he's top three in yards. I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah. he's up there. But he, he's been arguably the best receiver in the league this year. I think the Rams win this game probably by, by a touchdown to ten points. I, I, I like Rams minus five and a half. That's one of my favorite bets today. It's uh, down to four. Yeah, I'm shocked. Why I, are people taking the Cardinals? Why are people betting on Cliff Kingsbury? This is why Vegas makes money. It's it's silly. Uh, Seahawks Niners, big game NFC West. Niners are two and one. Seattle one and two. Seattle off a week one win to Indianapolis. They've lost back to back ugly games to Tennessee and Minnesota. Their defense is playing really poor. San Francisco lost their first game on a game winning field goal against Green Bay last week. Still feel good about Jimmy Garoppolo the Niners, but two and a half point favorite against Russell Wilson. Who's going to win this one? Um, even in, in in San Fran's really good years, the past couple years, the Seahawks are the one team that's kind of. Been competitive with them in that division. They had that crazy Monday night game in 2019, and then the Sunday night game to finish the Even season. Even crazier. That was probably the best regular season game I've ever seen. But I think the 49ers probably take care of business today. I think the Seahawks team is not very good at all. Russell Wilson is carrying them to stay in close games once again, once again, as he always does. The 49ers team is better coached. They have better personnel. They just have. A much better roster overall. I think the Seahawks hang in this game, but the Seahawks are usually good at the start of the season, and them dropping to one and three would be a decimating look for them. I like the Seahawks today, actually. Really, I I think Seattle's gonna go on the road and win this game. Uh, I don't love the way San Francisco 
is playing. I think offensively it's been kind of questionable. I think Seattle is kind of due for a balance. I don't see them falling to one and three. I think they're due for a balance back game. They do need this. The Niners' secondary is not very good. It's a major flaw. This team is fantastic. They have a major hole in secondary. Yeah, but the Seahawks... And then have- it's, but they're playing two very good receivers. Okay. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I mean, they were playing a really good passing team last week and should have won, but... But Green Bay shot themselves in the foot so many times in that game. They did, but, like, why won't Seattle do, do that? Seattle is, like, the king of shooting themselves in the foot. No, they're the king of playing these crazy games. I, I think, I, I think they're going to do enough today to, to win a close. The game. 49ers front se- front seven is just I think going to own the, own this game today. Yeah, I, I, I think, think 49ers like 27-21. I think Seattle wins 30-27. It's going to be high scoring. I think Garoppolo will probably make a mistake. I, I trust Russell Wilson a little more, especially kind of. I don't want to say season on the line, but this going to two and two would be big rather than falling to one and three. This game's big for Seattle. Yep. Uh, what other week? What else we got in the slate? Uh, Broncos, Broncos, Ravens. I was about to say we gotta talk about that. Broncos, one. Ravens. Denver's three and zero against the three worst teams in the league: the Jets, Giants, and Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Baltimore's two and one. They could easily be three and zero. They could easily be zero and three. They could be one and two. Every game you can flip it, and I wouldn't be surprised. The crazy game against Vegas, the crazy game against um, Kansas City, and then the winning field goal last week against Detroit from sixty-six yards. Do the Broncos go to four and zero? This is a really statement win for them. Can they prove it today? So every year it feels like we have a team that starts three and zero and beats real three really bad teams. Last year it was the Bears, yeah, um, who didn't end up being very good, even though they made a playoff. Yeah, but it was playoffs. like it was a fake playoff. But the Bears were three and zero, and nobody really felt like they should have been three and zero. This Broncos team, they've played, they've played three teams that are combined 0-9, but they've dominated every single one of them. As they should have. Um, I think this Broncos team is probably a playoff team, the way, the way they've looked. I know that division's tough, and they haven't played a team in their division yet. I think this is a prove-it prove it game for Denver, and, and I think they get it done. I, th- I think they go to 4-0. I disagree. I I think it's Baltimore's year. I think I've been saying it since... The, the Kansas City game, this is Baltimore. This is Lamar's Why year. exactly, though? Because they don't have better personnel this year. I, they've gotten the bounces they've gotten the last two weeks. Literally. Makes me, literally, like, literally <laughs> in two games, there are big, crazy bounces. The fumble on Edward Hilaire and the kick from uh, Justin Tucker. I just, I, they may be a team of destiny. It's, it's way too early to appoint teams of destiny. But I don't, you know, they had the, all the injury luck against them. Marcus Peters gets hurt. Dobbins gets hurt. Gus Edwards gets hurt. But I still watch this team, and I'm like, this team can be really good. And just like the teams that pull off these magical fourth and 18s, this reminds me of the 2012 Ravens. Okay. This team, but with a better offense and a little bit worse defense. I think. But that team had defensive issues as well. I will say this. I'm picking, I'm picking Denver to win this game, but I made a list of 10 teams this week, this past week, that I think can win the Super Bowl. The Ravens were one of them. The Broncos were not. And the Broncos winning today would not change that. I agree. I I think this is a, a destiny kind of team. I This game doesn't matter in that retrospect, but if they can go to Denver, which is a really tough place to win, especially early in the year against a team that's 3-0, and I think this is, people really start harping on this Baltimore. This is, could be the year train. Because I think the AFC is wide open. Kansas City doesn't look great. Baltimore's already beaten Kansas City. Buffalo is the Buffalo's probably looks like the best team in the conference. The Chargers are really good. The Raiders have been solid so far. The AFC West is... God awful. The Browns are really good, but the Browns have been losing the Ravens every year for the last 20 years. So I I think things are trending in Baltimore's direction. I think they win this game very close, kind of low scoring, 20 to 17 over Denver. That, that checks out. I'll, I'll go 23. I'll go 23 20 Broncos. The game I'm most excited for today. 
Cowboys Panthers. I am stoked for this game. Cowboys are 2-1. and one. They're a Tom Brady game-winning drive away and a questionable offensive pass interference that wasn't called from being 3-0. Carolina is actually 3-0. Wins against, dominating wins against Houston, the Jets, New Orleans, who might actually be a good team. Mm-hmm. I think Carolina's going to go to Dallas and win this game today. No, I thought Carolina coming into the season was I thought they were, a, they were a playoff a, team. A 9-win team, and they were either, either going to make the playoffs or just barely miss. I had Carolina in the playoffs. Um, but no, this is a good roster. They're well-coached. I think... Sam Darnold paired with Joe, with Joe Brady was a match made in heaven. What, what Joe Brady's done with him this year has just been fantastic. Carolina's beat up a little bit. They have McCaffrey's out this week. They're just, they're just. I think this is a Dallas win. I, I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll die on this hill. The Cowboys can win the Super Bowl this year. Oh boy, their defense is much I've been better. There before. Their defense Tough is spot. much better. They're fast. They're physical. They they Trayvon Diggs is having a breakout year, and right now, like they're they have a questionable call away from almost beating Tampa. Like yeah. you, like you said, I I think this Cowboys team is a force to be reckoned with. I'm not sure the Panthers can can stop them today. I, I think I think the Cowboys win today. I think the Panthers go on the road. They, we saw what they looked like without McCaffrey last year. They still figured it out. I think Chuba Hubbard is gonna have a nice game today. We'll talk more, a little more about that later. Sam Darnold's been looking really good. They have good receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie as, Anderson. As we both expected. The offensive line has played well. The defense looks really good. They just added J.C. Horn. Or they, no, they sorry, they lost J.C. Horn. They added C.J. Henderson and traded from Jacksonville. They did trade Dan Arnold. You know, I like Dan Arnold. Good guy. Now they're starting tenants, Ian Thomas. Like, like, here's the thing. It's like, not a huge drop-off. They, they trade Dan Arnold, right? Like, J- Joe Brady was scheming Tommy Tremble open last week. <laughs> this was the blocking tight end at Toter- Notre Dame last year. He... Was the blocking tight end behind a freshman and Michael Mayer who yeah. was playing over him? And Michael Mayer is a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm but not. Like the things that Joe Brady can do, he's gonna head coach is next like year. Unbelievable. Like I want him as the Bears coach so badly, and I'm praying that the Bengals keep winning so they keep Zach Taylor and the Bears can try to get Joe Brady. Well, you don't think they're gonna bring back Mark Tressman? God no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think Carolina. What about John Fox today. too? Uh, Minnesota hosting Cleveland. I think this is the best game of the day. I think this is one of them. Um, I've just changed my pick this morning on this. You go first. I'm taking Cleveland, okay, but I don't like feel good about it. Looks like we're differing. I don't feel good about it. The Vikings have one of the best offenses in the league. They've proved that the last couple weeks. Harrison's looking at a weird bobblehead right now. I've, never, I've been in the studio for two years. I've never seen this bobblehead. <laughs> but, no, to my point, I think the Browns' pass rush against the Vikings' O-line is what does it today. I think the Browns win a high-scoring football game, but I think Miles Garrett and that defensive line making a couple big plays at the end um, is what is what does it. I'll take the Browns like 33-30. Okay, I, I originally had Cleveland, and I thought about it a little more. I'm going with Minnesota. Minnesota, they lost two games, one in overtime to Cincinnati, one on a missed 37-yard field goal against Arizona. Minnesota, their offense is really good. Minnesota could be 3-0 right now if it wasn't for field goal kicking. Yeah, I, their offense is really good. Defensively, they have issues. Cleveland... I think this is a tough game on the road. They're two and one right now. They lost a close game to Kansas City. They've dominated the last two against Chicago and Houston. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Minnesota wins this game at home today. I think they're getting Dalvin Cook back. They're gonna run the ball well. They have both Thielen and Jefferson. I think there's a big difference between Minnesota dropping to one and three today and Seattle dropping to one and Exa- three exactly. today. Exactly. I, I feel good about Minnesota at home today. I think they win by a field goal, 34-31, high scoring game. Yeah. Game I'm excited for. Indianapolis Miami. Why? <laughs> I, I think Indianapolis is going to lose. I think Indianapolis is about to fall to 0-4. Oh, 
Oh my god, we're if, about to if put they, Frank Reich on the hot seat. If they do, the Carson Wentz tape will be unbearable. Liddy, what do you think Carson Wentz's record in his last seven starts? Oh my god, did he win? He, did he, he's 0 3 this year. Did he win a start last year? What do you think he is in his last seven starts? <sighs> oh, 0 and 7, 1 and 6. 0 and 7 would be correct, uh, like, Jonathan. Uh, I can't yeah. remember the last time he won a game. They are a two point, two and a half point dog on the road to, to Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, who didn't start for the Colts last year. They are a two and a half point underdog on the road to their backup quarterback last year, and they traded a first round pick for Carson Wentz, and they're still an underdog to Jacoby Brissett. I think this is just Vegas putting this one on the silver platter. Miami is winning this game at home today. Their defense <laughs> is still pretty good. Jacoby Brissett is a had is a competent quarterback. Jacoby Brissett was better last in his last start than Tua was in his first two starts this season. You, you've talked me, me into it. I was going to pick Indy to get their first like, one why, today. But why are they a why is, no, give no, me a reason no, you're, why Indianapolis right. should be favored in this real, game. I didn't realize that's what the spread was. So Miami is a two and a half point favorite no, I'm cha- with I'm, Indianapolis's backup quarterback from last I year. I am on the fantasy app changing this pick as we speak. Miami wins this game. Um, well, let's talk about the Colts for a sec. This was a, t- a team this is a that team I, we both thought would be good. Carson Wentz, my okay. comeback player of the year. So the only thing he's come back to is being a bad quarterback, which he was last year. I originally picked Tennessee to win this division o- over the Colts. And then I changed your mind. Um, Harrison ended up changing my mind. And, you know, you, you're always told in school if you're taking a test and you you think the answer is f- – you have an answer and then you change your answer. Always go with your fir- first answer if you're unsure. Always go with your gut. My gut was right about Tennessee. They're a much better team than, than the Colts. The Colts are a team that we felt like played an entire season before before week one with all the injuries they were yeah. going through. And Quentin Nelson's out today, I believe. Uh, yeah, Quentin Nelson's out now. Carson Wentz is still banged up. Y- well, you're right. You're up. right. Miami's going to win this game. I, my, my dad's at the game today at Hard Rock. It's going to be loud. It's going to be hot. I could see Carson Wentz on like three picks today and just being an absolute disaster. I could see it too. And, the Col- and Frank Reich's me looking there like, man, I wish I still had Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett's like, I said. I'm not even sure he's no, going to have to do much, though. Time out. Hot take. I said before the year to people that are Miami Dolphins fans, I'll show them right now, Jason Lehman, I said that Jacoby Brissett will start a game this year. Not because of injury. Well, because of injury. But I think if Brissett plays well again today... They're going to keep two on the bench. I think you keep two on the bench if he's coming back in two weeks. If If you are beating Vegas and Indianapolis with Jacoby Brissett, and then you got... They're probably going to lose to Tampa next week. Well, they didn't beat Vegas. Oh yeah, they oh, lost. Sorry, the they lost to Vegas, but he played well. If if you go one, I, for some reason I thought they won that game. If they win today, it was a moral victory. Go to two and two, because the two games Tua played, he did not. His last pass against New England was an interception. He did not play that well in that game against Buffalo. Before he got hurt, he really bad. Playing, sorry, he was really bad. Brissett played, put them in a position to win that game. Will Fuller dropped the winning touchdown last week. They're going to beat Indianapolis today. They're going to lose to Tampa. When in two weeks, I who does Miami play? Jacksonville. It's the London game. Jacoby Brissett will start that game, rather if two is hurt or not. Mark, put it in Sharpie. Get your tattoos. Place your bets. When that game is played, Jacoby Brissett will be the starting quarterback. I don't care how two his ankle is or his hip, whatever the injury is now. So basically, keep your eye out. Two in two weeks, Harrison is saying we are when we are talking on this yes, show. Yes, we will be watching this game right on this now, monitor. Jacoby Brissett will be playing quarterback. Jacoby will be playing quarterback regardless of two is injury. I like it. I like I like the full take. That was fun. Uh, what, what time we got? Ten forty-six. Let's go through some more games. Um, which one? We haven't even talked about the night game yet. Uh, I don't care about the Coyotes and Stars, Liddy. <laughs> the it's the, so tonight's the Fansville hockey game. Uh, the Coyotes <laughs> and Stars are playing in El Paso. Uh, NHL Network at eight o'clock, I think. That's the most exciting game on tonight. 
Harrison, you're oh, going. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We we're forgetting. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. We're forgetting a huge game. AFC versus NFC team, a team of a championship pedigree against kind of an upstart team. Kansas City, Philadelphia. <laughs> Kansas City's one and two. Philadelphia, one and two. But it's kind of like different one and twos. Kansas City's could be three now. They could also be 0 oh and three. They've played some close games, lost to the Chargers, lost to the Ravens. Philadelphia, tough loss Monday, short week coming back home. Andy Reid. Glad to see he's feeling better. Now he's going back to his roots of Philadelphia. Seven and a half point favorite. Who you got, John? <laughs> Do I really have to give an analysis of why the, the Eagles are going to lose to Patrick Mahomes? They gave up 41 points to the Cowboys last week. Yeah, Cowboys are good. Listen, the, the Eagles are going to do what every team does against the Chiefs this year. Ball control offense. Keep the ball away from Mahomes. This will be close for a little while. The fact that the... If you told me at the beginning of the year the Chiefs would only be a touchdown favorite at the Eagles week, fo- week four, I would... Like laugh at you. This is, like the fact that the Chiefs are only a touchdown favorite shows how bad they've been this year. Um, you're you're just avoiding the night game as much as much as possible, which I think is really funny. Um, and and the way you introduced this game was just unreal. One of the, one of, one of the best moments since I've been on the show, I'd okay. say. But uh, I'll take the Chiefs in this one. They'll pull away late. Uh, 35 31. I, no, that's a little too close. 35 I think the Eagles are going to cover, right? Plus 7.5. I'll take Kansas City. The Chiefs are 2-11 in 30, the last 13 Kansas City, games against the spread. Kansas City 30-23. to Bounce like came from Mahomes. Uh, I don't think Philadelphia has anyone to guard Tyreek Hill. Should be a fun game. Philadelphia has capability of scoring some points. Kelsey against Kelsey. Story yeah, that's behind true. the game. All right, let's get it over with. <laughs> Number 12. Some people call him the GOAT. Some people don't. Six-point favorite, just this, this emotional game for them. The team, they like, they kind of need a win. Just the emotional game for number 12. It's just Aaron Rodgers' first game against Pittsburgh since the Super Bowl. Aaron, are you lost? Oh, man, I set that up poorly. Green Bay, Pittsburgh. Number 12 to go, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers as a six-point favorite in his first game against Pittsburgh since Super Bowl 45. This is too much right now. Ben Roethlisberger versus Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Huge game. This is probably the biggest AFC-NFC game of the day. I can't think of anything bigger right you, now. You, I, knew, I knew what you were doing on Chiefs-Eagles. You got me on this one. I was, I was looking at it, and you're like, they're a six-point favorite. I'm like, they're not a six-point favorite. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, who you got? Gr- Green Bay, but I think the game will be close. I think Pittsburgh's defense is... Good enough to hang, hang around. Um, Green Bay has been playing much better football since w- week one. They get the blowout win against Detroit on Monday night. Then they win the epic game against San Fran last Sunday night. I think they win this game probably. I'll go thir- I'll go 31-20. I think they pull away late. I'll go 34-24 Packers. AFC team coming off a loss last week. Now trying to bounce back at home. Jets taking on the Titans. You, you weren't even listening to me when I was giving that analysis. You were just setting up the <laughs> setting up the next game in your head. No, I listen. I listen. <laughs> Titans, Jets. Uh, Titans top two receivers out today. Julio oh, Jones, Julio Jones, and AJ Brown. I changed that bet. Could could make it interesting. Um, Titans defense is not that good. I think the Jets are gonna be a are a sneaky pick today, but cool. I'm gonna take the Titans close. I'm gonna take them like 24-20. I'll go Titans 28-20. They're going to have to run the ball. Have you seen the Jets run defense? Damian Harris looked like Marshawn Lynch against them. I Titans will play well today. The defense has been better than I thought. The only game they've really played poorly, and I thought, was the first game against the Cardinals, who have one of the best offenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Last week they looked pretty good, but that was also Carson Wentz. They also let Chandler Jones sack Daniel yeah. five, to- five and a half times. So Yeah. Uh, coming off their performance in Foxborough last week, the New Orleans Saints hosting the New York Giants today. 
Giants are 0-3. They played tough loss to the Falcons last week. Saints, an impressive 2-1. Have you been impressed by Jameis and the Saints? So I just want to point out real quick that there are 14 games today. Yeah. And we, we've talked. Well, this is the 12th, uh, 10th game we're talking about. Yep. And none of the 10 games have involved the NFL record that could be broken today. Just keep going. Lydia, I asked you a question. What's, uh, what's the answer? Uh, Jets or Saints, Giants. Does Jameis get it done today? Yeah, he does. I don't think the Giants are very good. I think they're going to be looking for a uh, Daniel. Jo- I'm gonna, yeah, they'll be looking for a quarterback at next year's draft with the, with the way they're playing. And I don't care how good Daniel Jones has been this year. Um, he's going to regress and start turning the ball over eventually. It's just bound to happen. And you have something set up for the next game that I'm going to get into. <laughs> but um, yeah, say Saints win this one today, and they move to three and one. All right, give me a winner, Texans Bills. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Bills. Huge. This is like enormous. I, I agree. Uh, oh, forgot to talk about one of our favorite teams, the Bears. They're at home today against Detroit. Uh, I'll go Lions. I, I Lions li- close. I have Lions close as well. I, I don't think Washington, Atlanta, give me a winner. Bears are a disaster. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna go Washington. This feels like an up, a Falcons win, though. I, this feels I, like an upset. Falcons at this time next week. The Falcons will be three and two. At this time next week, because they're gonna be the. Do they play? Th- yeah, they play on Saturday morning, or sorry, Sunday, Sunday morning, morning against the Jets. So that game Falcons will be, be three and two at this that time. That game next will week. be almost over by now. Yeah. Well, they'll be up by, like, 14. Uh, oh, forgot to talk about Raiders-Chargers tomorrow night. Big game. Uh, yeah, that is a big one. I, I have the Chargers big. They're a Super Bowl team. I don't have them big, but I have the Chargers. I think they're a, one of—I mentioned the 10 teams that I think could win the Super Bowl. Uh, the Chargers are one of them. They have one of the best offenses in the league, and their defense is vastly improved from a year ago. They're winning close games that they didn't win a year ago. I'll take the Chargers, like—I'll go, I'll go 30-24 Chargers. Cool. Ready to go to four downs? Are, are you? <laughs> uh, there's a Sunday night game tonight. Tom Brady against his former team. Buccaneers, Patriots. Bucks are 2-1. and one. Patriots are 1-2. and two. I don't think there's much needs to be said, right? I, think, I mean, there's an NFL record on the line. Yeah. That's going to be broken probably also, in the second probably quarter. Probably the most regular season game of all time. Yeah. They're literally like performing like USA Tour. What's it? Like Good Morning America or whatever that show is. Like outside Gillette Stadium today for like a Mac Jones start. The Patriots aren't a good team. This game's not going to be close, by the way. No, I, have, I have the Bucks 31-17. That's the last thing I was about that's to the say, last thing I'll say the about the exact game. same score. 31-17 Bucks. That's the last time we'll talk about this game today. Um, uh, four downs. I'll go first. Okay. Oh, I have to mention Do we game. do breakout players? We'll do that after. Okay. Uh, well, Tom Brady is 68 passing at first down. Tom Brady is 68 passing yards away from setting the NFL record for career passing yards. Which receiver does he complete a pass to to break the record? Jacoby Meyer. Or, shoot. I'm, that's uh, Patriots. Uh, leave. Leave the studio Chris, immediately. Chris Godwin. I cannot believe you just did that Chris, to me. Chris Godwin. <laughs> I, I am... I, you know what? Is. It serves you right for, for messing around with that game the entire Second show. down. Big win yesterday for Travis Kelsey. Cincy Bearcats, how many catches and yards does Kelsey have today? I'll go eight catches, 107 yards. Third down. Broncos giving up 59 yards per the ground this season per game. How many yards do the Ravens run for today? I'll go... 80. Fourth down. Which top five receiver has the most receiving yards today? Debo Samuel, Brandon Cooks, or Tyler Lockett? Those are all receivers in the top five. Tyler Lockett. Okay, go ahead. All right, first down. Battle of two undefeated teams out west. More passing yards between Matthew Stafford Stafford. and Kyler Murray. Don't even say it, Stafford. Five 3-0 teams currently in the NFL. Which one do you see missing the playoffs despite a hot start? Um, Let's go. I got to find the 3-0 teams. Denver. 
I can't believe I did that Jacoby Myers thing. Um, I can't believe you did either. Texas A&M has two, had 297 total yards of offense in the loss to Mississippi State yesterday. Does Ryan Tannehill exceed that in just passing yards? Today? No. Okay. Fourth down. The last time that Sam Darnold played at Jerry World, he had 338 total yards of offense and a 24-7 cotton, oh, the cotton loss to Ohio State. Does he beat that 338 Sam Darnold today? throws for 400 today. Wow. That's four downs, everyone. Let's do breakout players. You go first, John. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't have one written down exactly, so I'm going to just scroll through and pick one today. Um, man, this is this is tough. I'm, I'm just scrolling through games. Uh, uh, spit out a name. Uh, what's his face? The wide receiver for the for the Titans. Who's oh, been, uh, been from Indiana. Uh, Westbrook. No Westbrook. What's what's his name? Uh, hold on. Let me pull up his name. I'm. It's like Nick something. I, I know Nick, exactly. Nick Westbrook, oh uh, yeah, Akheim. yeah, he's good. Uh, mine is a player making a return to a stadium that he used to play in. You know, it's gonna be an emotional game tonight. You know, I I think he's gonna he's gonna break out. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown's return to Gillette. He's gonna go for 150 yards and two touchdowns in the Buccaneers win. That's right. that's breakout players. That's Story Sunday. Thanks everyone for listening in. Hope you enjoy all the big games today. The Browns game, the 49ers game, Broncos game, Rams game. You know, and tonight you know spend some time with your family. There's there's not a good game on. You know, just enjoy it. That, that's how we're ending the show. Just how, like do, how, how do you want to end it? Uh, by talking about the NFL record that's going to be broken. Yeah, Tom Brady's going to be the all-time leading passer in the NFL. Next question. He's the goat. Like, what else? What else does he need to prove? I don't know. It just fe- it just feels it feels it's like cool. we're, it yeah. feels like we're not doing our due diligence. I I, I did my due diligence. We talked about the Broncos. <laughs> All right, that's our Sunday. Enjoy your day, everybody. We'll see you next time on KCU eighty eight point one.